0: This episode is sponsored by Chiltech, a leading provider in high-quality, American-made LED lights. If you're to deal with low-quality LEDs that fail to deliver, well, then you need to check out Chiltech's state-of-the-art LEDs. These lights are engineered to deliver superior performance and energy efficiency, making them the perfect choice for any home grower. Their commitment to excellence is reflected in every product they produce. So whether you're looking for better efficacy or just to upgrade the build overall, Make sure you check out Chill Tech. They got the perfect solution for you. Visit slash led and use discount code the stash 15 at checkout to save yourself a little bit of money on a new Chill Tech LED.
1: Well, boys, welcome back. Back in the studio. Hey, Hey. it's another one. Another week. Here we are in person talking about something we love.
0: Absolutely. Living the dream, if you ask me. (laughs) Living La Vita Toka, man. (laughs) Honestly, like this is a dream come true to be able to do this. Without the people watching and listening, we wouldn't have been able to do this. And also AC Infinity. That's definitely the team that we've been working with for a long time. They saw the vision, they see the dream, and they see the growth. And they were definitely trying to be on board. So really appreciate everybody on that side showing love. Also providing amazing products, man. I can't talk enough about them. Again, whether they were a sponsor or not, I recommend them constantly to people. Now being able to have the advantage to get it to people and show them these because they sponsor us is even more amazing. And they also give a discount code. The stash fifteen. You can use it. Check out at, at ACInfinity.com and save some yen. But, boys, there's a lot of people who I think uh, they get into growing, they get into consuming, and they feel like they know it all based on maybe a Reddit forum or a random <laughs> YouTube, page, Post, a, YouTube video, a buddy who just says this or that with no backing. And I feel like those things are misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Like it's a common misconception, and we've discussed common misconceptions before. But
2: this is part two. two. Part two. Yeah, May nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Uh, is when the last episode was released, and you guys went bonkers in the comments section there, which is a whole bunch of older ones that you guys came across. And so, yeah, we had to sit down for a part two and fire out, continue to fire these things off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and there was uh, there was quite a few, and it was quite a discussion. If you didn't see the first episode, we'll uh, we'll be sure to make sure that we add that link in the description so you go and check that out. But uh, I still think that there are a number of misconceptions when it comes to gardening. And I, I feel that if we don't start the conversation, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe nobody will. And uh, I know my channel, I've started to branch out and kind of voice my opinion in terms of some things that are being done. Um, and it can open up to a wider discussion. Um, but uh, it's kind of like the idea of low stress training and training your plants. I think like there's a misconception about what is considered low stress training and what is considered high stress training. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. I, I have a video out there that says, don't top your plants. And I think it, it kind of plays into this loosely because I feel like you can get a lot done to your plant without unnecessary high stress. But I think in a lot of cases, a lot of us are still using high stress training and we don't actually know it.
0: Yeah. Thinking we're doing, you know, LST or low stress training. And it's crazy how that's a technique, but it's also a de- description of, a lower training technique, like a lower stress training technique, but LST specifically is tying your plants down more, you know, training them to have a lower growth, but at the same time, not stressing them out too crazy as where some people like myself, uh, will actually essentially super crop the plants and they're just bent over and they look low stress trained at that point. I'm applying a lot more high stress train to it or high stress techniques because I'm pinching and bending and breaking on these plants more than I am just, Gently bending them over and letting them grow based on, you know, gravity and how the plant would grow. That's a misconception a lot I feel like have. They'll do maybe both low stress train and super crop, but not realize that you are actually having a high stress training technique you're applying to your plant. So the recovery time is going to be different versus that low stress train.
2: Yeah, exactly. High stress training, you're doing damage to the plant, whether it be topping the plant or fimming the plant, super cropping the plant, you're damaging the plant some way, putting it through a high stress with that technique, low stress technique, the bending. I think that the best way to explain is just bending down, not actually doing physical damage to the plant. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where people get confused because they'll they'll tie it down. And if you don't do it early on, you you kind of have to super crop to get that that form because the plant's too girthy. It's got the girth and you can't necessarily just bend it and break it. It's not as uh, malleable, so to speak, mm-hmm. as where when it's younger, you can... Bender over howdy Duty, you know, and do your thing. And that's where it takes that low stress training better. Versus when it's older, you kind of do have to implement some high stress training techniques. I think that it's a common misconception when you go and see a plant and it's got the fat knuckle on there, it's like, whoa, that was an LST. Yeah, you tied it down, but you cracked the hell out of those stems too, bud. That's why it took a little longer to veg. And we go, like, oh, I've vegged this one for three months. It's like, yeah, you topped it like crazy, you broke her, you bent her, tied it up. This is where it's at. But you can't get a beast out of it. But it's just knowing the difference between LST or low-stress training and super cropping. Definitely a misconception. I feel like people, uh, they don't realize that the impact is so dramatically different. while well, the plant shape could be the same. They're going for that low-stress train of the flat pancake, so to speak, or put it underneath a trellis net for a super cropping or a super scrogging. So no, none of those, just scrogging. I think that makes sense, but at the same time, you just know that, hey, it's going to take longer for that veg because you decided to do the heavier technique.
1: I think a common misconception about training your plants in general is that it always leads to great things I, i'm a huge proponent for training your plants because i really think you can optimize the potential of these plants and their growth and your 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 harvest numbers with training but i also feel like too much training can be can be detrimental to your crop as well you if you over uh, too many tops with essentially not enough light or the right environment I think that can really lead to poor bud structure, fluffy buds, lanky plants. Overtraining can definitely be an issue. And I think even low stress training too much, I think that's when it can, tra- can transition into high stress. And there could be a, a recovery stage from that.
0: Well, even looking at pruning, like some people will strip their plants butt-ass naked and nothing on there too. And I feel like it's not always the best, best way to do it. Bro science, is those are satellites. Those are solar panels and they're <laughs> driving it all in. So there's some of those that's things. That's not bro science. Well, as I'm saying, like <laughs> oh, the, how, it's bro- how it's broke down, how, right. it's, of how I'm, like there's science to it. But bro science is like, this is our satellite, dude. This is where it's getting old. So like, this is really where like, I don't think it's a good technique to strip all of your leaves off of your plants. But there is a fine line between default and like swaying, so to speak, where like everything's almost stripped off of there. And then when you do it, but I see people who will have, and I myself, I've been a victim of it too of where I'm like, oh, I'm a lollipop it, but well, why did I veg that plant this long to be this tall and naked from all the way up to here and there's just stem there? Like, why would I not have done low-stress train technique there and bent it down? And then if I needed to with little low-hanging crap, then maybe, maybe do that cleanup. But otherwise, like, it's a logical fallacy that all that bottom's not going to hit it and there's no reason to do it. It's like, well, yeah, because you didn't train the plant right. So there is an over and under on training. I think that the the biggest misconception is that all pruning is good or that all topping is good. Like when you do it, how you do it and how often you do it, I think is the big factor versus just like, just do it. General rule of thumb. Keep going. You know, yeah. I've done stuff where it's like, I've got a lot of tops, but they're weak, you know? Yeah. Ones that you didn't pay attention to. Yeah.
1: Um You kind of mentioned the one there about, about default. I think people kind of use that. It's kind of like everyone's CalMag analogy. It's like, Oh, I, do you default? It's like, well, it, Yes, but it's something that I only really do like once, you know, because stripping or not stripping, but, you know, uh, cleaning the plant up and removing leaves is something that I do generally throughout the entire grow, whether they're leaves that are in maybe too low lying or maybe they're leaves that are pressed up against other leaves or they're uh, maybe I'm juicing. That's another thing I like to take fresh leaves steroids. off my plants and uh, and use use them for my shakes and my juices. Um, it, it, it's it, there's a time where it's like you defol your plants, and I like to do that right before I go to flower. Where it's like I'm going to strip anything that I don't think is going to be advantageous to me going into the flower stage, and that's going to be that week those weak. Uh, uh, tops, if you will, that didn't quite keep up with the rest of them. And I'm just not satisfied that they're really going to bear me the fruit that I'm really looking for. Uh, that's going to come off. Uh, those little side shoot, those are all going to come off. And that's, that to me is a default. And when people say like, oh, I'm default, I do default, I, I feel like they're referring to just r- stripping leaves off their plant as they
0: progress through, not defoliating their plant. Well, not removing with a, a the conscious technique either, where they're just doing it. Like where you can tuck it, or where you don't need to default, but like yeah, you know less bullshit and more bud. I don't know what that's that's where real bro, bro science is, is where it's just like you just assume that it'll be more bud, like the logic behind it. But that's where I've seen firsthand the whole suaging technique, which is like stripping damage of the whole plant down, and great results. So it's a trip, man. Where sometimes it's like I guess it depends on the cultivar and the growing techniques, but there definitely is a misconception of that you could just train for gains completely without hitting too far of a threshold. I think it's a, a solid thing too.
2: So, definitely a lot of misconceptions when it comes to training the plants or pruning the plants. We get a stuff great like epi on
0: training. We do. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. yep. You can check that out and uh, get, avoid the misconceptions and get straight to some facts.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: What else? Microbes. Let's talk about the misconception with microbes. Man, microbes are very resilient. I think a lot of people don't understand how resilient they are. You hear a lot of uh, people saying that synthetic nutrients are killing off all your microbes. I, mean, I don't know how many times I have to ask people Real on my science. podcast. You know, all the, all the, the people who have the science knowledge behind it, I ask them. It's like, hey, are synthetic nutrients killing off all your microbes in the medium? It's just not true. Mm. It's just totally not true. It's a, a misconception. And I don't know. Some people say it's the, the organic snobs or the people who are like hardcore into organics can taste the fault. are just saying that in order to try to get people into, uh, into their style of growing. So it's, cult. It is, it's but... the
0: cult of organic growing instead <laughs> of just being like yo here grow how you grow and here's some alternative options and here's how i do it it's what you do is bad and there's better ways cause i say there's better ways it's like, killing off, off all the
2: microbes it's not natural
0: and this person has no actual scientific evidence they're just spewing bro science
2: there's, there's still going to be microbes in there. there's a lot of microbes that oh. are, are bred to be in high salinity environments like you know they they can withstand and be in a high salinity environment so even if you're right. You have a lot of nutrients, uh, you know, high EC up in the root zone. There are still microbes there. Um, there are also microbes inside the plant too. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to microbes. Oh, and then pH up and pH down. That's killing it. Another one that we got to talk about is uh, you get people who's like, oh, if you're pH adjusting your water prior to doing a soil drench, prior to watering your plants, well, you're killing off all the microbes because you're using phosphoric acid for pH up a pH down for example yeah. um, some people say oh you should only be using organic natural pH up and pH down citric acid vinegar baking soda those are the only things you should be using to adjust your pH and that's going to prevent microbes from dying off in the medium <laughs> it's bullshit like so, so far from the truth uh, How The come little up with bit this? yeah and actually i just heard most recent uh, quite recently on a past podcast episode this year uh, I had Tad Hussey on there, and he was talking about how uh, microbes feed off of phosphoric acid. <laughs> so it's, like, it's not killing them; The microbes are feeding off of it. So it's a lot of like, misconceptions. Imagine
1: how these misconceptions can start as misconceptions, but it turns out the fact is the exact opposite. <laughs> well, like when yeah. you,
0: somebody you respect and that you see a garden that's doing really good or that you know is like an OG, if they say something, people don't even want to look into more. Like, I mean, shout out Dr. Bruce Bugby, but nobody is doing their individual research. Mm. They're just saying, Dr. Bruce said it. Rock on. Oh, my you know gosh, what I'm man. They don't. It doesn't. Yeah. It, they don't, and even if they, they'll take out of context what oh, yeah. said, that's yeah. a big thing is he'll say, hey, there's no conclusive evidence mm-hmm. that states there is or isn't. So like, it doesn't exist. It's bullshit, bro. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK. All right. So just because there's no current evidence that is documented because, you know, science is static, <laughs> never changes. And that means that you've debunked it and that the person's an idiot for saying their opinion. Like that's, I think the difference and where a lot of these logical fallacies come into place. People think uh, this is what it is because of past experiences. And then thinking that effect and causation are connected sometimes when it's not, it's like the 48 hour darkness, you know, conversation. It's like, is it getting better? A lot of it's that effect cause and effect. Unless you do the measurement yourself in a scientific way, controlled experiment, you're going based on someone else's opinion, you know? So I think that's where a lot of these misconceptions come into place. People just assume. Like, I'm sure you guys, I got to believe you heard of the white ash theory. We'll call mm-hmm. it that. <laughs> yeah, like that could be a fucking book. I still hear it. The white ash theory. Yeah, I still hear it. Well, What's of course, you don't, white ash? you don't flush your butt properly, bro, <laughs> You're, it's going to burn all black and uneven, dude. It's like, oh. oh, Yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh. I know. Well, what about the organic growers who don't? Flush do? at all. Oh, well, it's because that, it's the salts in your joint because you're smoking salt bro and that is making it oh okay all right so it has nothing to do with the moisture content in there all right yeah because i've smoked bubble hash that wasn't quite ready to go and damn it sure does have that same black charred look versus one that's been fully cured and thoroughly done right burns to a white perfect ash i think this is me just going bro science it's dumb like, to, to, to think that, like, just to be like, oh, well, it's because you didn't flush it right. Well, again, well, now flushing is being, I guess, kind of debunked in terms of, like, you don't have to flush, which I get is a point, but does that mean that you have a salt buildup that's giving you black ashes? What do you guys think?
1: No, no, I, I, I haven't really, like, I've heard that black ash story forever, but it, it, it's never, like, I've, I've experimented both ways. I've flushed, I've non-flushed, and I've I had white ash. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I, I like I don't know what they're getting to get black ash. Um, you kind of actually mentioned it before the show in regards to it's it's a poor cure and dry.
2: Mm.
0: Is that is that actually the case with white ash? Like, is that is it just a poor? This cure? is a bro si- This is our bro <laughs> science. Side. Oh, oh, this is it. Hundred oh, percent. Okay. This is speculation. Oh. This is us talking out loud. Where there's there's again, I don't see any science that backs it If you didn't flush your plant properly, this is that argument of the Dr. Bruce Bugby side. There's no conclusive evidence that says. <laughs> Flushing your plant makes it so you have white ash. I just don't, I can't find that anywhere. I've researched it to try to do. I've, just
1: never, yeah, I've never been re- able to recreate it. That's there, a big thing.
2: Yeah. The whole black ash, white ash thing. There's an, a really good article and I wish I knew off the top of my head what that article was, but I think if you search, it'll be one of the ones that pop up and oh, I even forget the, 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 doctors that, that wrote about that. But there was a couple different people. It was like peer reviewed and stuff like that. Just completely debunking. And actually breaking down exactly what it is with the white ash versus the black, the carbon amount or whatever. You know, they break it down to the science and just, it completely throws away that the gardening practices of flushing, for example, is going to determine whether or not the ash is black or the ash is white. You know, so
0: Yeah, but people will, will literally argue that on a <laughs> yeah. post. If you post something smoking a like look at that black ash, salt grower it's like whoa, whoa, whoa calm down man yeah. it's like I, i've had smoke from buddies who are organic growers where it's had a black ash and i'm like heavy metals whoa you know it's like this is just i don't know where some of this stuff comes from man. and i feel like this is where again you know prohibition when you have no real science to back you have no studies you That's, have inc- that is terms. the reality of it when we have to
1: operate in the shadows you cannot study you can't research you can't practice without prosecution that's inevitably going to lead to people not doing anything about Can it.
0: Can you imagine the comment section on YouTube after
1: after this this, this,
0: whole, this one here? You black ash growers, you son of a, you're bitch killing all YouTuber plants. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Trying this. to feed people fake information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's why homework's important, man. That's why there's uh, I, 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 There's a particular podcast you guys might have heard of it. Uh, it's a Garden Talk with Mister It. and uh, I, I actually really enjoy it. And sure he has a number it. of people on there, but more importantly, he has a number of people on there. It's you. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the number of people on there that differ in opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, not everybody has the same input. Not everybody has the same opinion about everything. And that is awesome to me because there isn't one way to do this. Yeah. And a lot of these misconceptions fail to take into account the other way of doing things. And, uh, and, and yeah, that, that's kind of one of these things, too, where it's like, what what, what is legit? You know, I kind of segue little, just slightly. Uh, I remember we... an interview with an individual from a company that was advertising using nutrients during the flush and it wasn't it's not that first time this concept has been around but it was the first time i could talk to somebody who was willing to share the information about why you would add a nutrient during the flush and you know there was some legitimacy to his his statements um so uh, you know i i listened to him open-mindedly and you know there's people that believe that yeah there are there are things that you can add to your to your to your flush if you will. I personally don't think it's necessary. I also don't flush. So it's, you know, it, you know, it's it's
0: up for debate. We've been staying up in an Airbnb uh whenever we come out here sometimes and I can attest for that. B doesn't flush sometimes. No, I don't wash my hands either, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think with uh, when you when you're dealing with with stuff like that speaking of flushing, that's that misconception too. Are you flushing or are you leaching?
2: Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I had a uh, I had Jeremy Silva on my podcast for a second time uh, earlier this year.
0: Jeremy the Spider Silva.
2: <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Silva build the soil, and I brought him up specifically on on flushing with organics or not, and uh, I had to break down what the definition was for leaching versus flushing. And common definition that I heard a lot of people use is is flushing is running a large amount of water through the grow pot letting it, you know, the PPM to reduce for the final weeks of the grow. Leaching as far as just cutting off your nutrients, not using it. He said, I would actually reverse those definitions. He's like, when I think of flushing, I think of cutting off nutrients. When I think of leaching, uh, you're actually lowering the PPM. And so Slowly it's like, it's just surely. so funny how yeah. the definitions, it's, uh, it's, it's... It's all subjective. So
0: much of gardening, when it comes to terminology and, and the vernacular, is subjective. Yeah, when There is actual science behind things, but like, yeah, that's one... It, that almost makes more sense, how you say it. flushing <laughs> to remove it versus leeching to slowly take it, to suck it out of there slowly. Right, so it's
2: like who you ask, what's the definition? Like if somebody's having a conversation about flushing or leeching, it's like, okay, what, what's your definition of it first? Okay, now we're, we're talking about the same thing. Now what It's, you good, it's good to find a common
1: ground before you start your debate <laughs> or your conversation because you could get
0: off the rails before you even get started. Well, think about this. We had a 15, 20-minute conversation about Smarties and you somehow liked them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, "You're that's disgusting! Crazy. That's crazy, what the man. hell is wrong with you?" Yeah, these? we don't. Know. Finally, it came out that rockets and smarties switch sides in Canada yeah, yeah, and in America. Yeah, smarties and
1: are chocolate where I
0: come. Yeah, what? and they're at. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Bro, he laughed like at me. He's like, "You like smarties? You know, like yeah, no. sixlets?"
0: No, they're called sweet tarts. Sweet tarts is just like sweet. No, tarts. but you know, like sixlets, the little yeah. chocolate ball things. Mm. They're like shitty M and M's, kind of. No, prefer them.
2: That's what they have. They're they m-m-m-s. have chocolate. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, that's my point. If you don't have the common ground in your language. You're already <laughs>
1: starting off on the wrong foot. Literally, yeah, man. Yeah. And you could
0: sit there and have a whole conversation and disagree with the person. And, and the misconception like, started right there. Exactly. And I think that's known the difference between the two. You know he likes chalk? Yeah. Oh, well, not that kind <laughs> not of chalk. Not that but, chalk. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that people, uh, they mix stuff up because it's easier to act confident than to act you know, ignorant or like you don't know and not feel insecure in this space because people are grow shamers and, and, and weed shamers where they're like, Oh, you said track homes, dumbass." We, I say it sometimes. I talk trash, you know, but in the scheme of things, you're better off to educate somebody than to put them down and to help them do yeah. something the right way. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason we've got this subculture, this toxic subculture that will be like, huh? You said it wrong. Huh? You didn't do it. Oh, right. yeah. Huh? That's, That's, the wrong That's the guy that told you, you missed the apostrophe in your,
1: yeah, or you got there spelled wrong. Yeah. Yeah, get out of here.
0: Well, like, it just seems like in the space of growing, we should never have that because it's like, I want you to grow good but I want you to do good. I saw a meme recently or a GIF. I don't know. It was a meme. It was a video meme. It was this girl who had, like, a, a bird. and She was like, hey, what's up? She's like, no, you should start growing your own. Here's some seeds. It was, like, pretending to be, like, the plug who's trying to teach the person how to grow. And, like, that was me. People would show up, and I'm like, man, you could grow your own too, bro. Like, you definitely could. All you need is just get some lights like this. You're a smart guy. You know how to do this kind of stuff. And I was always that person pushing it. Not thinking, like, hey, there goes my business, you know. But at the same time, like, don't you want to elevate your fellow grower or consumer? And I feel like that's where episodes like this with the common misconceptions, we're not trying to belittle anybody when we say it's wrong or this or that. It's more literally trying to educate because it's things that we ourselves have been wrong on. Like, I've done the uh, 40 hours of darkness. To speak all the done. time. Please. I've
2: I recorded yeah. an episode pretty recently where I said so it was a, a rectile size instead of a rectangle size. Right? I So I, really I, I said it. aquaponics
0: versus aeroponics. <laughs> right? And, in fact, you know,
1: I, I, and not to call you out, um, you actually have a very w- detailed portion of your book that you can find on MrGrowIt.com called Seven Steps of Growing Our Plant. Sorry for, <laughs> me, for censoring myself there. But uh, you have a flushing chapter.
2: In, yeah, which is kind of outdated now. Right, uh, right. So outdated. that's my point. That's things big, change. Things... Know, studies come out. We've had a couple studies come out with flushing, and since then things have changed. That's yeah. right. And I
1: think it just shows the humility of it. You know, we are yeah. all learning together, but we're we're willing to admit when it when time has changed. You know, and it's time to time to
2: time to do things. I was I, I I've changed lots. I was gonna say just to get a little bit more specific about it in the flushing section. It says like towards the end of the cycle. Common thing people used to do for many, many years is they used to, people still do it, is they flush their plant down to, like, around 100 ppm yeah. before harvesting. So that's in the book, right? But a lot of people don't do that anymore since the studies have came out. But, again, that's something that's, that's in the book. Some people would say, hey, it's outdated. Nobody does that anymore. Hey, that's wrong. Uh, but we, we evolved, right? Things yep. change. I mean, if you look at Jorge Cervantes' book, The Grow Bible, Man, I read that uh, a year ago for like the second time. That thing is full of and great it's information. Full and of <laughs> like, a good amount of misinformation. Yeah, is yeah, in that. I think he's reworking on it. But yeah, like he's got things a new book. change, he's coming out learn because of that. More science comes out. Um, so yeah, as far as not belittling, we just all didn't know back in the day yeah. how things were. So it's not a, like belittling, but bring that education, Trying to like bring you say, up
0: to, date, you up know, to and date, not to bring you down. <laughs> and I think that's that's the beauty of of uh, you know the internet age technology and things like this you got people who have been doing this since the 70s who are putting their information out there and showing their own you know clinical trials we'll say in a small controlled environment they're not clinical but controlled environment to be able to show some of these things which bring techniques to life which bring ideas to life i mean korean natural farming and these organic methods are not brand new but it's becoming a new trend guaranteed this is something that some person's done way long time ago and it just wasn't popularized didn't catch on. Same with even LED lighting. The more and more people realize how much more efficient this is and the efficacy, if, if you didn't have the internet and you were in a new state that just started growing, it would kind of hard to be you know, understanding that, hey, the efficacy is, is more important than your wattage and having that 1,000-watt HID beast versus having more efficient lighting that's going to be able to be absorbed and used by your whole plant. That's a common misconception, but without having the internet age and going into an old book and reading what it used to be, that that's really where like information and science is just not static it's dynamic and if people don't understand that you can't get ro- like romanticized techniques and processes and be like this is what it is the best is what it is i mean how many people use floralicious in the past for blueberry flavors or pineapples no? i've never even heard of it so in michigan we had a lot of people who thought pineapple train wreck needed pineapple floralicious which is just a general hydroponic like sweetener that kind of smells like pineapple mm-hmm go and put that it's probably like a molasses or something it's like nothing you like like it blows my mind i did it and didn't do it and I, I all in your mind you think it's it's better but then if you actually will test your plant and get it tested there's no increase of anything that's measurable mm. your terpenes aren't increased i mean they make make these claims but
2: snake oil snake
0: oil man and and, and i think that it's a misconception that like you add more sugar it's going to be sweeter plant you add this you do this some of these like uh, home remedies that we said that could be actual applications that work good some are just total bullshit you know but i know people to this day who will say like i'll never buy a ph down i'm just going to use uh you know bacon soda or or lemon you know lemon juice depending on what i'm going to do those have legitimate things to them but then there's other people who will say stuff like myself who've been like oh, i'm just gonna fucking flush with ice my plant will turn all purple and it's like ah, maybe dropping that root temperature that low consistently that's potentially damaging to your plant you know but i thought it made more sense just because logic says well outside in the winter and it gets cold in the plants it's like well who's growing weed out in the winter i don't know anybody who's doing that so i think that was a misconception <laughs> on my part that i just used logic that didn't exist you know but people use it to this day and they think this is the way to do it but you got to know that science can debunk it and sometimes science is wrong too you know but it's just really like you can't get stuck in a way nothing static it's dynamic.
2: Yeah, and one that comes to mind actually that uh, quite recently somebody in the comment section it was a video on harvesting, drying, and curing. And uh, we we're talking about like storage, storage humidity, storage temperature. And somebody had replied and said, it doesn't, the storage temperature doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much as the moisture level. It needs to be at 62%. That's all that really matters and dark. Storage temperature, oh, that's no big deal misconception right of course that's a big deal we know that terpenes volatilize, you know higher temps more terpenes will volatize, right you're losing those terps under higher higher storage temperatures a lot of people neglect that the storage temperature they're just focused in on the rh the humidity level inside which a good point right because too high of rh you get mold too low of rh you're getting that dryness crumbly type stuff right so it's, it certainly is a big focus point but completely neglecting the storage temperature is also doing harm. Yes. If it's, again, too high, you're losing terpenes. So storage temperature, a lot of people are around uh, 60 degrees Fahrenheit, 65, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. I know Can't troll? they push 68 degrees Fahrenheit as storage temperature, which is a little eye-opening for some folks. But, um, yeah, they have their reasoning for that. But, yeah, storage temperature, just, just not neglecting that. So that's definitely a misconception. You should well, definitely long? be a focus
0: i feel like how long has terpenes or have terpenes been a conversation hmm. you know what i'm saying it was more just about like i don't want to get mold or have right. it too dry you know but now you are realizing like man but it always is a little stinkier when i would do that it tastes a little better it's like well mr bro science there's some gross science behind that <laughs> that says too high a temperature is actually bad and i think that's where we just didn't know you know what i'm saying now terpenes are a huge conversation we had a, me and wink had a the guy kind of blew my mind. At first, I thought he was going to be ignorant, and then all of a sudden, he starts dropping terpenes on us. And I'm like, whoa, oh, gee, okay. He's like, nah, you know, I stay with terpenol and a couple others. And I am like, what? What? Okay. It, people are becoming more educated on these things because you realize, like, how do we have, you know, the measurements of success or or good results without having an actual science to back it, you know? So to be able to, to dabble into that with keeping some of those old home remedies and the things that you feel like work too, but, like, knowing that the science needs to back some of it before you just decide to potentially ruin your harvest or, that, or do random shit that doesn't think, do anything for
1: you. I think that's because now the misconception is, is that it, well, we, we talked about this in the, in the last episode, but the misconception is, is that it's it was all about THC.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not
1: the fact. That's why you're starting to see the conversation around terpenes. And that's fantastic because it doesn't matter. You can have cultivars from the exact same, but whatever, you know, same THC, but just hit totally different. So it's it's great to see that conversation happening because it means that you know everyone's getting li- getting a little more aware. And you know the mom, <clears throat> the moms and the pops and the grand <clears throat> excuse me the grandmas and the grandpas
0: they can figure this out too. You know, yeah. and be a part of the process. Well, I think it's just about making this stuff accessible, the information accessible again without right. belittling the person to be like, hey, here's a simple way to digest it and understand this stuff. You know, there's more and more like, I really like how Leafly has broken down a lot of their articles where they'll talk about, or like the cultivar reviews with the terpenes. And then underneath that, we'll say the common like effects for those terpenes. So That way you're not just like, oh, THC, strain name or cultivar. This is what it is. It's like, well, hang on, look at all these variables. And this will really help you identify if you like it, like having your whole cheat sheet. And the fact that people can obtain that information now without having to go to a seminar and cost thousand dollars or illegally, you know, try something and get persecuted or prosecuted. I think you really got the awakening of uh, people and the misinformation dying off, at least in the plant. Maybe not in the world, but in the plant, we've got a lot more uh, people who will argue science. When, like before it was bro science, now people are like arguing that, you know? There's literally like a damn near cult of the Dr. Bruce Bugby people, and I'm kind of a part of it, where I'm just like, wow, Dr. Bruce actually said something different. So let me, let me show you here, but he's a prime well, Chris, example of someone who will tell says you. Like, it? I, I, Chris take is, it, oh, I take it for fact, the cult of Chris. And, and I, I got my, my info from
2: Bruce. <laughs> exactly. See, that's where it's
0: like you know, people put faith in certain entities or certain uh, you know individuals, and they think that everything they say is gold. Got to make sure that you listen to everything they say. And sometimes, again, like like Bruce, Doctor Bruce, he'll break down that there's no conclusive evidence for. You know, yeah, you got to listen to everything. You can't take bits and pieces out, even if it gets boring. And this happens, you have to everywhere. take it all. Yeah,
1: and of course, when you've got our industry, that's just. Just ha- doesn't have the ability to break out of its shell yet, in terms of just understanding everything there is to understand about it. This is going to happen. Yeah, just wait for the conversation. You know, like I said, I got that video that says don't top your 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 product, your plant. Sorry, uh, it, in a year, two years, maybe that's going to be the most effective way to get yeah. results. You know, and my anecdotal evidence will mean nothing. So you know, I, I wait for it. Do time. It's this is. This is is an explosive time right now in our industry which makes it so exciting because our governments our scientists our doctors our teachers they're learning our professors they're learning about this stuff now and they're theyre they're coming at it in ways that we haven't had the ability to and you know shout out to the Israeli government because up until hey. you know like the last 20 15 years they're the only the only country that has really done any research. On this planet so because like a lot of the information we know essentially originated from research done in
0: israel it's crazy man. so My people go hard out there yeah <laughs> you gotta they, figure it out you know that's and, the difference of now versus then you know what i'm saying uh there's new studies dropping almost Israel's every like 1954 or 1945 israel became a nation So there wasn't even a group of people working on this shit. you know like a hundred right. years ago you know what i'm saying like this is really new science so what we know today could change, like you're saying, in months. New in years, science, you know? yeah. And we've been
1: using this for thousands of years. Yeah. You know? and, we, and people still
0: think CBD pillowcases are legit. Uh-huh. CBD condoms. You know? <laughs> CBD curtains. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all, CBD curtains. We got actually CBD lenses on these cameras right now. It kind of helps us stay relaxed when we got all the, the angles I was going to make so. a
1: WhatsApp joke right there, but I
0: don't think it's... A- don't do it. Don't do it?
1: No. Don't okay. do it's it. All right, don't because do it. Because people think
0: that we use don't WhatsApp because do we don't. Yeah. Don't, don't. not that it's a bad platform, but it's more the fact that we're not on there scamming for lights people that we're scamming. sending. It's, yeah, a, misconception are, it's, a, mis- it's might, a misconception out there. You might be approached <laughs> by
1: one of us in the comment section <laughs> yeah. and offering you some kind of prize. Please don't. Please don't. don't. Please don't no. fall for that, particularly when it doesn't say our names beside that. And it says that. to
0: go to WhatsApp and send money before you get the like
1: please don't. That is a misconception right now that's going around this entire community online and a lot of people are falling for it a lot of people within all of our communities and it is frustrating when when people are really coming they're attacking us especially pigeons in because regard because there's nice. proof out there that Chris look mean sometimes. it's just <laughs> it's frustrating and, it, and no none of us would ever approach any of you through any other platform or any platform for that matter saying that you you owe us money so oh, please, crazy please shit. don't we all have platforms you can reach us on our instagrams you can reach us at uh, from you can get us a discord you can get us you can reach us out we all have legit platforms these you're guys live, have got like check nonstop. marks next to their names even like yeah it, dude, it's really easy to figure this stuff out that should be an out.
0: obvious one on youtube too
1: i don't have one so that's a thing is like anyone without a check mark that says pigeons four twenty.
0: no but coincidentally you are live i don't know every day every single day with every the exception day. of like one day which is then you're live in the daytime
1: yeah, every day. <laughs> so, every day. Yeah. yeah but yeah. but I'm just saying, please be safe out there, guys. We don't want to it's see a misconception. Anyone... Yeah. And these misconceptions can be damaging, you know. Um, I'm I'm sure there's misconception. We can all, we can do another episode on this because I yeah, know we've got
2: a handful of more I got, that we could have more of mis- the
1: misconceptions within the medical community, like our product and the med- its medicinal value. I feel so often it's it's it goes both ways. It's either under appreciated. Or overhyped. Yeah, you know there is a limit to this plant, and I don't think it's often discussed. That's a good conversation. So, future convo. I really want to hear from you guys. uh, What are some of your misconceptions that you have, or have kind of overcome, or that you are battling right now in your garden? Because we want to hear from you. Because. the majority of these misconceptions were your ideas that you guys filled in the comments section. They were your
0: misconceptions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we debunked them. Thank you, Doc. Um, but uh, seriously, if you guys didn't know either, we all are, we are live Thursdays, twelve oh gosh 12 <laughs> central everything. one oh, eastern and 11 Perfect. pacific come check us out twitch.tv slash from the stash i did mention the website too so if you come to from slash merch you can check out some of the uh some of the stuff we have to offer over there i think you guys will really enjoy it some good stuff absolutely and uh man uh, ac infinity huge shout to them uh they're able to bring us, us out together, here make this all happen yeah. this is pretty awesome we want to just say hey shout out to you guys uh if you have an opportunity go to their instagram Hit them up. Really, it means a lot because it just shows that you guys uh, they they get the appreciation and just say thanks for supporting the FTS boys. They uh they can't get this stuff done without you. And of course we got other sponsors, man. Huge shout out to Chill LED. Huge shout out to Freeze Bob, You guys making this stuff happen. Um and a huge shout out to the man behind the scenes back there, man.
2: Wink, wink, wink man, man. Making baby. us
1: look better than we have ever looked before. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. It feels really, yes. really good. I look good. pretty handsome lately, so I just want to give a big shout out to Wink for that. Yeah, you're looking swole, G. I've been working, out. <laughs> right, right, right. I've been eating good, baby. We have been eating good, too.
2: Yeah, we're gonna. Know, speaking
0: of, yeah. let's get some food. Get yeah, some food. it yeah. was a great epi. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Much love. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to make it happen. So, with that being said, so it's your boy Rob, Mr. Grow It, Pigeon 420, Wink on the ones and twos. We'll see you guys
2: next time. Peace. Peace.